I'm Robin Amlo of IBS Intelligence, and you're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Alan Vay, Chief Executive Officer of Aventus Technologies. We're talking about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, another fad or a key part of finance and business going forward. Discuss. Alan, what's your view? I think I can guess what the answer would be. <laughs> Hi, Robin. Yeah, it's a great topic to uh, kind of address, right? And I would say it depends on what you're looking at. If you look at some of the, uh, should we call them artworks that we've seen recently that have been sold for a lot of money, I'm not sure it really justifies that. It feels a little bit like an initial fad, but there are ways of sort of structuring NFTs and thinking of them almost as part of a digital marketing strategy for corporates on a sort of annual recurring basis where I think there's a bit more longevity. And once you evolve the NFT and its functionality, there's potential interest for a little bit more of a long-term view. But of course, these things are going to take time. Well, it all gets lumped together, and there's a lot of shenanigans going on with Bitcoin at the moment. Business, by and large, does not use Bitcoin, but you have a platform that allows business to use the Ethereum network. What's the difference? Yeah, so I mean, I would really make the analogy that um, Bitcoin is like a calculator, and Ethereum is like a, a computer that we're used to using. You know, your computer has a calculator, but it has many other applications and ways of using it. So Bitcoin is a currency, mostly. It's really simple in its functionality. Ethereum allows you to sort of build general purpose smart contracts, which essentially means you can encode many different types of problems and solve many different solutions. And, and that's what we've been attempting to do. So have you got some examples you can give us of that? Yeah, for sure. So I mean, the, the sort of five sectors we have the most traction across is live event ticketing. So we look at sort of a ticket delivery solution. Uh, one of the biggest clients there is Live Nation. We work with them in France to deliver tickets, solve some of the secondary market problems, some of the fraud resistance around that ticket. We're active in loyalty as well. One of our sort of big clients there is Cashback App, sort of across eight territories globally, where you restructure how you look at the sort of balance sheet liability of a loyalty point, and you can provide a better user experience to the customer in a sort of cashback loyalty system. We're active across video games, in-game currencies. There's some interesting stuff you can do there. Provenance and supply chain. You can look at traceability, whether it's hard or soft commodities, various ways you can kind of improve the transparency, the oversight, and ultimately the sort of investor proposition within that sector. And most recently now, NFTs and how we can look. We primarily focus across sort of art, fashion, and a couple of other sort of more uh, of the, the higher end of the market on that front. In terms of what business does with this kind of technology, first of all, and we haven't mentioned the word yet, we're talking about blockchain, which means, as you say, transparency and security. But it also functions as a decentralized finance pool, a DeFi pool. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we, we need to be specific about blockchain, right? Bitcoin that can't really function in the sort of DeFi ways, or at least not any of the interesting complex models that have been built there. Platforms with extended functionality like Ethereum, and Ethereum being the sort of hub and the biggest market for DeFi, really has some interesting opportunities there. But again, like any of the adoption of this, I, I saw an interesting, I think it was a Q1 report, maybe it was consensus, and they stated that, so imagine all the people who've bought Ether just on exchanges normally, right? They just bought that with cash. Then obviously a significant subset of those people is going to be people who actually have Ethereum wallets and move Ether around on the blockchain. And then 1% of those wallets actually engage in DeFi. So it gives you an idea of 
how small the sector is right now. But if you look at the growth rates, they're rapidly growing and what the functionality it offers can be very interesting sort of as the fundamental building blocks to some structured financial products. But like any of this, we need serious players to get involved. We need proper regulatory frameworks so that your big funds, your, your big sort of public companies can get involved and feel safe. I just wonder occasionally whether the technology has run away with us. It sounds to me almost, and please don't take this entirely as a criticism, but it sounds like we have a solution in search of a problem. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard this so many times, and I think to a degree it's accurate in, in, in some applications, right? 2017, we saw the big ICO craze, and a good chunk of those ended up delivering nothing, right? But when you look at any new disruptive technology, you typically get some of this. People see the future and they get really excited about it today, but they don't understand necessarily how long and how much work goes into taking technology from an idea into something that's actually usable by a big enterprise. I mean, that that journey is, is five years minimum if you're very well capitalized, right? So you see these short-term hype bubbles and then they burst. But again and again, we can see constant and steady growth. We can see fundamental applications. More and more, we can see real world usage and benefits being derived by companies from this technology. So I think it's just a matter of time. And we're getting a little bit excited too early in, in some of these different sort of spikes in the market. Certainly, there's a lot of, in quotation marks, excitement around a number of digital currencies, no need to go into details there, but up and down like a yo-yo if you look at the charts. <laughs> this yeah. seems to have more of a business case behind it. When you say this, are you referring to NFTs? Yes. I would agree if you use it properly, right? I don't know if you've seen some of the NFTs that have sold for some of them hundreds of thousands, if not millions, and they're not some of them are really not impressive works of art, or it's, it's difficult to see how a piece like that would maintain value. And obviously, in the, the sort of most recent dip in the market the last month or so, we've seen a mass pullback in the, in the sort of valuations of NFTs. So I think it's, again, about seeing what that fundamental utility is. Just jumping on a brand in a hype cycle, that's not fundamental utility. Helping a corporate to figure out how they can fit this into their digital marketing strategy. NFTs are ultimately the, the assets of, of social media nowadays. That's how I see it evolving, right? And we, we got to see long-term strategies. How can you complement a marketing strategy? How can you complement product launches with these kind of things? How can you integrate it into a wider strategy that really delivers useful application to a business rather than just sort of quick pump and dump, as many call it? Would you agree, and I think maybe you would from what you've just been saying, would you agree that so far what we've seen is gimmicks? There has to be some underlying value to, to what the NFT is. A blanket term classifying everything as a gimmick I don't think is accurate, but I would say the majority of the market jumped on something that's definitely a little bit more short-sighted. However, there are some very cool applications that are starting to emerge, right? People trying to solve one of the most interesting things, for example, right, that I've seen in the art space is people trying to address the issue of liquidity because there's big, there's huge amount, the majority of art sits behind locked doors, right? Sits in vaults or stuff or free ports that nobody can even access or see. And so if you can give that more liquidity, you can do better price discovery, you can collateralize financial assets about that, or you can build other financial products around it with a lower sort of level of risk. And you can actually start creating some utility for that artwork that's sitting there and, and make it work for you as part of your sort of wealth, right? So just one small example, 
But slowly but surely, these kind of applications are emerging or, or more functional NFTs that do more than just represent the ownership of a digital image. And that kind of stuff does exist today. It's just in its infancy. So I think we will see a lot of interesting growth in that particular part of the market in, in the future. This is obviously something that effectively is global as a potential marketplace. Yes, exactly. I mean, also, again, we saw as with like utility tokens and security tokens and the various sort of forms of tokens that have, have come in the past, right? We need proper frameworks on a global scale within the different sort of territories on how we should deal with these things from a tax perspective, from a regulatory perspective, right? Only then can it really become properly sort of widespread. It really can apply anywhere, right? It's, the question ultimately comes down to are we representing ownership of an asset and it's just capital gains you're looking at? Are you representing ownership of a revenue stream associated with that asset, whether it's some of these structured financial products or whether it's exhibiting it in a in a gallery, a digital gallery, right? More and more of these VR things popping up where people can earn a revenue stream from it. So there's all sorts of different classifications and lines we need to draw within the space and map it out nicely before we know exactly where people will be happy with it in which territories. Alan Vey, Chief Executive Officer of Aventus Technologies, thank you very much.